The Love of God So What's Gone Wrong? by Robert Bernard Dan Part 1 The World We Live In A while ago we embarked on a quest for evidence of God, which led to some curious discoveries. These are described in our first book, titled The Love of God, Is Anyone There? In every living thing we found signs of intelligent design. In the people we admire and in our own highest ideals, we trace the character of the designer. And sitting at the feet of Jesus, the kindest and wisest of human beings, we heard about our Heavenly Father. Reflecting on our human experience of loving and being loved, we discovered what love is and how the love of God may work. And from the Bible writers, we learned to trust him and to live with him, drawing on his guidance and his wisdom day by day. Familiar now with the spiritual foothills, it's time to traverse some deeper valleys before ascending once more to the higher plateaus. Searching for evidence of God in the harder places, we need truth we can depend on with our life. We read that the eternal God is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. The Bible writers affirm his love and encourage us to take it personally. Oh, taste and see that the eternal God is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. But from the outset, let's be honest. We would like to think that God loves us. We want to imagine he is in control and that he can be our refuge. But it does not always seem that way. If God is good, why is the world in such a mess? If he's in control, why doesn't he fix it? If he loves us, why doesn't he protect us from harm? And where is he when we need him most? What is he doing as we struggle to make the best of things as they are? An intelligent faith must ask searching questions. We need not fear to ask them, nor hesitate lest there be no answers. Nor should we worry that some fragile and mistaken beliefs may perish. The truth is secure and is worth knowing, however unexpected it may be. But untying familiar moorings and heading into the unknown is, for anyone, a risky venture. And in this quest we must avoid three dangers. Firstly, we must beware of saying too much. For we are warned, God is in the heavens and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Secondly, we must shun the safe haven of pat answers and familiar clichés, for these would leave us as ignorant as we were before. 
And thirdly, we must overcome the fear of obscuring the truth, as Job did, with ignorant assertions, and so end up by saying nothing at all. To set out in search of the infinite and eternal God is an audacious enterprise. It may lead us into more rugged terrain than we have yet imagined. When Jacob awoke from a profound dream, he gasped, Surely the eternal God is in this place, and I did not know it. Deeply moved by what he'd seen, he declared, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Years later, another like him cried out, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways! We are on the threshold of great mysteries unfathomable, perhaps, to any of us in our innocence. We enter on tiptoe, and the further we go, the less confidence we may have in our own long-held prejudices and assumptions. Seeking the presence of one who has full knowledge of matters hidden from us, we do well to enter humbly lest we misunderstand him and misinterpret what he is doing. And if we would know more, we must ask him quietly and sincerely to show us. If he loves us, he will. <laughs>